Trinity Baptist Church. I asked you uh, a few minutes ago what your favorite day of the week is, and there was, there's reason for that. We are in this series um, called Joy, where we are talking about the, the opportunity that we have, the, the privilege, the freedom that we have to live in, in the fullness of life that, that Jesus came to give us, the joy of life that Jesus came to give us. And how we do that is um, in a number of ways. This morning, we're talking about the keeping the Sabbath and how that can usher us into joy. Now, when I asked what day of the week was your favorite, and I quickly said, how many of you said Monday, and only this woman who was singing said Monday? And I don't even even want to know why. Um, My guess is, and I'm not going to take a poll, but my guess is that that the, the days of the work week didn't make many of our lists. But we were probably thinking more Saturday, more Sunday, for whatever reason. And, and there is reason for that. Because God did not make us to, to be constantly at the grind. God made us to be people who could rest. Who could rest in Him. Because when we rest in Him that's when we begin to really experience life. The Hebrew word uh, Sabbath literally means to cease or to stop or to pause. And and it's um, not just a good idea, but in fact, it's a commandment. You know that? One of the big ten, by the way. Um, And it's a commandment just like all the others that are, are, is there so that we can experience the most out of life. Um, Jesus, in fact, said in Mark chapter 2, he said that the man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for us so that we could really experience the fullness of life. And as um, the passage in Isaiah that, that Benji read for us this morning it, it says that, that we are to, to keep the Lord's day. That we're to, to honor, we're to, we're to keep the Sabbath, to honor the Lord's day. And in it, we will find joy. See, there's something about this idea of rest that helps us enter into the joy that God has for us to live. So what I want us to do this morning is, is kind of look through some of the scriptures on Sabbath and, and see how that can help us understand Sabbath better. And, and then, I guess at the end of the day, we have to choose whether we're going to do it or not. So where does this idea of Sabbath begin? Turn to Genesis chapter 1. First, this is the first chapter in your Bible. And let me just say right up front, if you are visiting this morning or you are new to this whole Christianity thing or maybe you're just exploring this, talking about keeping the Sabbath is not about trying to get you to come to church. All right? That's not what it's about because that's not what Sabbath is. 
And I hope you'll, you'll see that this morning. So in Genesis chapter 1, <coughs> before there was time, the self-existing, self-sufficient, sovereign, eternal, personal, triune God existed. And he spoke the universe into existence. And if you kind of just peruse chapter 1 of Genesis, you'll see that in, in verses 3 through 8, he created the forms and the forces of the universe, and that's days 1 and 2. You'll notice that in, in verses 9 through 23, he molds all of this in, into the, the foundation and the fullness of the universe. And that's days three through five. And then in, in, on day six, he, he creates the fellowship of the universe. And you come to the end of day six, verse 31, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. God... For five previous days, God had seen, he'd looked at components that he'd created, and he'd said, this is good. This is good. This is good. But on the sixth day, he steps back, and he looks at the the total of all of creation, and he says, I think with great joy and delight, he says, this is very good. This This is really Now, I want you to notice what comes next. Beginning in chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested. He Shabbat, Sabbath. He rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested, he Shabbat from all the work of creating that he had done. Did you catch that? God paused. He ceased. He he stopped what he was doing. Um, The Hebrew word there is Shabbat. Now does that mean that there was nothing left for God to do. No. There were still universes that he could create. Does that mean that God was tired? Friends, omnipotence doesn't get tired. So what does it mean for God to rest? Um, It says... In fact, it says God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, something that he didn't do on the other six days. So what does Sabbath mean for God? Well, it doesn't mean that he went to church. There was no church. And he didn't sit down in his celestial lazy boy boy and grab the remote. What Sabbath was for God is he... He paused to delight in creation. He paused to reflect on all that he had made and 
And when he did that, there was something in this sovereign, eternal being that said, this is very good. There was a sense of delight that came in this moment of rest. God took time for Sabbath in order to reflect. And I think he took time for Sabbath in order to leave us an example. That this is how you do life. This is how you get the most out of life. Turn over to Exodus chapter 20. And we'll start in verse 8. Exodus chapter 20 is where we have the Ten Commandments, the ten big ones, and this is the fourth one. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath, Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord, Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You see, for Israel, observing Sabbath was not just a good idea, it was a command. And notice when you compare, if you, if, if you compare this commandment with the other nine, notice how many words are used for number four versus the other nine. Do you see how much more extensively God goes into describing the Sabbath than anything else? Why would he do that? Because God wants us to recognize the importance of Sabbath. Now, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, Keith. Are you telling me that keeping the Sabbath is more important than than keeping the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. Are you telling me that keeping the Sabbath is more important than, than not killing or not committing adultery? Are you? I'm not saying it's more important. What I'm saying is that the Sabbath is the commandment around which all the other commandments revolve. Because if you keep the Sabbath, it will help you to keep all the others. If you keep, think about it, if, if you keep the Sabbath and you, you take one day out of your week where you're going to sit and you're going to reflect on who God is and reflect on His creation and reflect on, on all that He's done for you and providing for you, don't you think that's going to help you to keep Him God of your life and not create other idols? Don't you think that's going to help you to rather than covet, you're going to be grateful for all that He's given you? I mean, if you just go down the list... If you had this day where you just set it aside to to rest and enjoy who God is and who He's created you to be and what He's created around you, that would help you to keep all the other commandments. That's how important Sabbath is. 
The Jewish theologian Abraham Heschel put it this way. He said, the meaning of Sabbath is to celebrate time rather than space. Six days a week, we live under the tyranny of the things of space. On the Sabbath, we try to become attuned to the holiness in time. It is a day on which we are called upon to share what is eternal in time, to turn from the results of creation to the mystery of creation, from the world of creation to the creation of the world. I love that. I love that distinction. And I think that that very distinction is the reason why the last thing that God said to Moses when he was coming down off of, off of Sinai, in, um, the last thing he said to him was in reference to the Sabbath. In Exodus 31 verse 12 it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Do you see the significance of this day? Moses was about to come down from the, the mountain. He was about to, to leave his mano y mano encounter with God. And the last thing that God tells him is, tell my people to keep the, keep the Sabbath. Because this is going to be a sign. This is going to be a covenantal sign of the relationship that we have. Just as, just as God gave a, a covenantal sign in the rainbow. So that, so that people would remember God's promises after the flood. Just as God gave the covenantal sign of circumcision. So that, so that the people would remember whose they were. God gives this covenantal sign of Sabbath so that, so that the people will remember who God is and who He's created us to be and, and how life is to be best lived. Sabbath is a covenantal sign where God says, I want you to observe this day so that you will remember who I am and who I created you to be. I want you to observe this day so that you can remember what I created the fullness of life to be. Something else about Sabbath. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 5. This is um, the second iteration of the, the Ten Commandments. And... And Moses frames it a little differently. Starting in verse 12. Observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither your son, daughter, male, female, servant, Foreigners, animals, all those people. Verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. God says, 
Remember that I brought you out of slavery in Egypt. You see, Sabbath is not just an invitation to rejoice in God's creation and to rejoice in who he's created us to be. But Sabbath is also a time to remember that God created us to be free. He created us to be free. God is saying once you were were slaves and you had to work or die. But now you're free. And the Sabbath will ensure that you don't forget that. Stop working once a week to remember that, that you are free. You're not slaves. Friends, the Sabbath is a freedom day. How many of you ever feel like that you have to earn your sense of self-worth by keeping your nose to the grindstone? Anybody ever feel that? Yeah, you know, if you don't have if you don't have an ulcer, you're not pulling your weight. I mean, that's kind of how how we feel sometimes, right? If I'm not totally stressed, I must not be doing something right. See, what Sabbath does is Sabbath helps us to reorient and recognize, wait a minute. You can take this job in, what's that song? For one day a week. My job is not my master. My master is the creator of the universe, and my master says, I need to stop for one day a week. And so I'm not going to allow the slavery of work to hold, to keep me in bondage. I'm going to step away one day a week, and I'm going to remember that I'm free. I am free in Jesus Christ. That's what Sabbath is. But see, we need our master to command us to do it because we are a restless people. We are like, we are like kids who won't lay down for a nap until they're just exhausted, right? Kid, you, no, you need to rest. You need to rest. No, 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 no. You know, and they just keep going, keep going. No, you need to They just keep going until they just fall out. And that's what we do. We just keep going and going and going until we fall out. But we've got a loving father who says, no, no, no. You got to rest. You got to take some time. It's good for your soul. It's going to bring joy to your life. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? So why don't we do it? We don't do it because we think that the universe is going to fall apart if we don't keep at it. We think that for whatever reason, you know, God can't keep it all together without me. You know what? God rested on the Sabbath day and creation did just fine. I think we can rest and creation will do just fine. 
But when was the last time you took a, a complete 24-hour period of time where you did not allow the troubles of the world to infringe upon you? When was the last time you went 24 hours without checking email? Right? Maybe childhood? Maybe before you got a phone? We can't keep from it. And how often do we, you know, well, I'm just going to see what's going on at the office. And then there's this problem. And then there's this thing. And all of a sudden, my mind goes there and my, my heart starts pumping again. You know, the stress level starts going up again. Just turn it off. God says, turn it off for 24 hours. We are a restless people. We have all of these demands and, and messages telling us that we need to get ahead. We, we're pushed and pulled in a thousand different directions. We've got to make decisions and judgments and invest our time and our resources. We have lives that are packed so full of stuff that we constantly complain that there just aren't enough hours in the day. Don't we? And if truth be told, if our days weren't so packed, we would feel unproductive and unimportant. And in fact, there are some of us here who, because our days aren't so packed, are stressed because we don't feel productive or important. Friends, Sabbath changes all of that. No matter which side you're on. Because Sabbath reorients us. We think our problem has to do with the pace of modern life, which is magnified in this city. But the the problem is not the pace, fast or slow. The problem is sin. The problem is that we need to get reoriented. And that's what, when we're not reoriented around who God is and who He created us to be and the life He he came to give us, that's what brings turmoil to our heart. That's what robs us of joy. A.W. Tozer said, The greatest problem with men and women is that they do not know how to sit and be still. We are restless people. Not unlike the Israelites who, after being delivered from slavery, clamored, I want to go back to Egypt. Restlessness is sin. Restlessness comes from our efforts to achieve, to secure ourselves, to to make the world into our image according to our purpose. Restlessness comes because though we have been delivered from slavery, we keep wanting to live in Egypt. And in a very subtle way, it is our trying to be it is our way of trying to be in control, and that, my friends, is breaking the first commandment. You will have no other gods before me. It is breaking the second commandment. And when you get right down to it, you can attribute breaking of all of God's commandments 
to the not keeping of number four. Keep the Sabbath. We've all got to admit, there is no joy in restlessness. Now, this may hurt some egos and feelings, but the world will not disintegrate if you stop working one day a week. God did, and things turned out just fine. You see, the world relies on God's promises, not our efforts. And proper observance of the Sabbath helps us to break from all of those self-serving inclinations and to, to focus on the purpose and provision of our Creator. On the Sabbath, we stop acting like God and we let God be God. And you know what? He can handle it a whole lot better than we can. So what is a proper observance of the Sabbath? Well, just as God said in Genesis, it should be, it should be holy, meaning set apart. You don't cram Sabbath into something else. You have to set it apart. I work on Sundays. So this is not my Sabbath. My Sabbath starts on sundown-ish on Thursday and goes to sundown-ish on Friday. And I love Thursday night because Thursday night I'm going to unplug. And if you send me an email on Thursday night or Friday, you will not hear back from me until Sunday afternoon because this is a work day. Um, Because I don't look at email. I unplug. I set that day apart. Um, My wife, I have... Well, I won't go into all the details, but I told her a few weeks ago, I said, I need you to hold me to keeping Sabbath because I've been letting it get away from me and my world's kind of spinning and I need you to hold me to it. And so she said she would. And the next Friday, I, I was taking Sabbath and it was awesome and it was great. And then the next week, things kind of went south for me. And I told her, I said, I said, Dee, I need to go into the office for a few hours today. And she said, so is this when I'm supposed to remind you about keeping Sabbath? (laughs) I said, yes. Anyway. um, (laughs) So you can't cram Sabbath into something else. It's, It's holy. You set it apart. Second, it should be restful. Sabbath is not a rule that restricts us. It is a rule that liberates us. God God made us in such a way that he knows that physically and mentally we are freed to better perform when we're rested. And so Sabbath needs to be a, a day of rest. Third, it should be a time of reminding us who God is. Every, every seventh day, we, we need to to set that aside so we can come back to, to refocus and reorient and say, okay, I've kind of let that slide out of my mind for six days, but I'm, 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 I'm getting it back. 
Okay, Lord, I know who you are. I know who you created me to be. We, we recenter. We reorient. And last but not least, it should be enjoyable. Sabbath should be a, a time when our hearts are refreshed and energized. It should create joy in us. And, and to that point, let me say, if you don't enjoy coming to church... And, and celebrating with other believers and, and singing and listening to the word being preached and, and watching ivory dance. And if you don't enjoy that, don't come to church on your Sabbath. I'm serious. You, it needs to be something that brings life to you. And if this assembly doesn't bring life to you, then don't come. Find an assembly that does. So here's the question. What should we do on Sabbath? Well, I can't answer that. All I can tell you is what you shouldn't do on Sabbath. You shouldn't work, okay? Whatever work looks like to you, don't do that on Sabbath. What should you do? I don't know. Should you go for a long run in Central Park? If, if running for you is energizing and it helps you to, to reconnect with your Creator and, and enjoy His creation, um, then, then do it. Um, should you, you know, go to a Giants football game on Sabbath? Um, I don't know. If watching 300-pound men crash into each other, you know, reminds you of the awesome power of God, (laughs) then do it. You know, if that brings joy to your soul, then do it. Should you clean your house on the Sabbath? I don't know. If cleaning is somehow therapeutic for you and you are reminded of the orderliness of creation and, you know, and all that stuff, (laughs) then do it. There's There's no rules of what you should do on the Sabbath. There's only one rule of what you shouldn't, and that is don't work. And whatever means work to you, that is what you shouldn't do on your Sabbath. Chuck Swindoll tells a story of, uh, of a guy who comes home from work, he's exhausted, and he's got a five-year-old son, and he just wants to sit down and just relax for a few minutes and replenish, and his five-year-old son comes and jumps in his lap and says, Daddy, let's play. And he's like, oh, man, I just, I just need some time to regroup. And, and so he sees on the front page of the newspaper a, a, a picture of the earth. And so he's, I got an idea. So he grabs some scissors and some, some scotch tape, and he quickly makes this, this homemade jigsaw puzzle out of this earth. And, and he says, okay, son, you know, go put this together, and once you're done with that, then we'll play. And he's thinking he just bought himself at least 30 minutes. 
Well, less than 10 minutes later, his son comes back and says, Daddy, it's done. And he's going, man, that was fast. How'd you get it done? He said, well, on the other side is a picture of this man. And when you put the man together, the earth comes together. (laughs) Sabbath puts the man together. And when you put the man together, our world comes together. You see, keeping the Sabbath is not just a command, and it's not just a good idea, and it's not just a covenantal sign, and it's not just a a reminder of our freedom. Sabbath gives us life. It It puts the man together. And... When you take that 24-hour period once a week to just step back from it all and just reorient and allow God to, to put you back together. And I loved, I loved Ivory's dance that just so illustrated, you know, we, we get so wound up and stuff. But when we just stop and be still and know that He is God and... And let him put it all back together for us. Then the world around us all comes together. And like God said, it is very good. And what can be more more joyful than that? Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that not only have you given us permission to take a day, but you have commanded us to. And Lord, you've done it for our good. I pray that we would not, um, we wouldn't just dismiss Sabbath as an archaic idea but we would recognize that it is, in fact, our life. And that when we take the time to reorient and refocus and and celebrate and rest and and just enjoy you and the life you've given us, that it it just puts us back together. And then our world comes together. And Lord, as we come to the table I pray that that we will recognize what you did in the cross to enable us to enjoy your Sabbath rest Lord you freed us from the bondage of sin you freed us from, from bondage to the world and we can just celebrate you I pray that we would this morning for your name's sake